you know, a guy goes on vacation for like a month and a half. You feel like the first show back, he might be in the studio on time. Who, uh, who am I to judge how long a person's vacation should be? A month and a half plus, you know, an extra 30 minutes. So uh, PJ Zuko will be joining us at some point, and I'm I'm really excited to have him on because as our as our Big Ten expert, he can give us all of his takes on what's happening uh, in his conference, uh, all the exciting Penn State USC matchups that are to come here uh, in the not too distant future. So I think we might have is is this a voice folks haven't heard in a long time? Is that PJ Zuko? Is he ready to roll? I think I'm good to go now. All right, PJ's back. His voice is deeper for some reason. I don't understand what's happening there. Uh, but it's good to have you back, buddy. How was vacation? Oh, it was. Uh, it was. It was pretty good. It was fantastic, actually. Uh, that's probably one of the best vacations I've ever had. If I don't, it's top three for can sure. Can I pause you? I don't know if I hear like you smoked a lot of cigarettes <laughs> on vacation, or that's like jet lag or something. I think it's a a mixture. <laughs> although I didn't smoke any cigarettes, um, I I also like. My allergies go insane when you start going to different climates or whatever, and I've been in like eight different climates in two days, so I don't know how that works, but um, my my allergies probably are, are changing that with my voice and whatever. My, my voice also is very odd. Like I have, sometimes it's high pitch, sometimes it's like... Like I just woke up. I don't, I don't know. It's weird. I like it. But this, it was a it was a good is, trip. Oh, so this is your sexy, sleepy voice. If that's what you want to call it, sure. Um, you don't you don't know about the sexy, sleepy voice? No, I've heard about it. I don't know if I have one, but uh, I I will say that. You no, know when you're like just real tired and you're on I am the phone sleepy. and I'll say that. Like, dude, I talked to you this morning and uh, afternoon. You know, I've yes, yeah. So. That's the thing, is over the past two days, uh, I've been on two different five-hour plane trips, another hour-and-a-half one to the lovely airport in Savannah, mm -hmm. uh, I will say. Had a very good time there, good experience there, flying out and flying back in. Uh, but the two hours of sleep in between all of those flights on the LAX floor airport, Airport floor, excuse me. Yeah, you and uh, <laughs> you and Jim Harbaugh were doing that at the same time. Did you see the videos of him? His really? Yeah, his daughter was putting up TikToks of him, and he was like full dad mode. He had like a, they said he had like a eleven hour layover. Wow. And so like it's just Jim Harbaugh with like his hood up, sleeping on the floor. He has like on clouds, like the shoes on, like the very yeah. dad shoes, like, right. kind of like rubbing his feet together, trying to get comfortable, <laughs> and then just like standing with his hands on his hips next to the counter. Of course. <laughs> so it just. Jim Harbaugh, like uh, there's a video of him like counting and like looking through all of his family's like twelve passports just to make sure everybody <laughs> was good to go. So yeah, you and Jim Harbaugh. That is kind of funny. Uh, we have more in common than I thought. Um, uh, so yeah, but good vacation. Yeah, very I solid. I can hear it on your voice. I want to say something like that. that that is actually on brand that I did on vacation. It's okay. very on brand for this show. Um, I don't know if you've been. I went to Hawaii. I've just been saying parts unknown. Gotcha. I don't want your fans in, in Hawaii. It, it was amazing, first you, of all. Letting you know. Guess what I did in Hawaii? It's on <laughs> brand on for this brand show. for this show? It's something we've talked about in the past few weeks. Oh, man. <laughs> I actually told someone I did this, and they texted me back, great, hope you had a good time. 
but why are you doing that in paradise? Oh, tell me. <laughs> I uh, I saw Jurassic Park. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I heard it was atrocious. I, don't I haven't know. seen it yet. You know me. I'm not an insane, like, a strict mo- mo- uh, movie buff or anything like that. I would say if Top Gun is a, uh, if Top Gun Maverick is a 10, Jurassic Park is probably a 6. Like, it's, it's a good, fun movie. It's not incredible. But it's a good, fun movie if that's what you're going for. So, yeah, I think, like, you're looking at the difference between it and its predecessor. And, like, if you compare it to the original Jurassic Park, which I think a lot of people do in their mind, is like, okay, I love Jurassic Park. I'm going to go see this, and it's just like, oh, Yeah. And that's pretty much how I feel about all of them, except for The Lost World, which was the second one. Yeah. But this right, isn't about right. Jurassic Park yeah. today, no, PJ. We need your Big Ten brain. Yeah, for sure. No, I just wanted to mention it because I know what? we talked it's about it. Which now the Big 16? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't keep track. Because, <laughs> as we mentioned yesterday, or as I mentioned, PJ wasn't here. Uh, as I mentioned yesterday... The, the huge news reverberating around college football took until like a month from now last year uh, for this to happen, but now circle a year minus a week, and it's happening again. Yeah. Oklahoma and Texas last year making the jump to the SEC. USC and UCLA this year making the jump to the Big Ten because, you know, makes sense. So much sense. Uh, can't wait for those UCLA Northwestern games. I haven't even like fully gone through all the matchups in my head, but there are some egregious ones. Yeah, there's some bad ones. I just can't wait for USC to have to play Penn State in like late November. I can't wait for that. That actually could be fun in Happy Valley. Like <laughs> as yeah, long as it's there. Exactly. As long as they have to play there. Yeah. But that being said, what when you learned on probably your flight yesterday that this was going down, what was your initial reaction? I just kind of laughed. Um this is, this is just, at first I thought it was a hoax, not going to lie. And then I double, triple checked, and I was like, oh, this is a real thing. Um, it's it's just silly to me. Uh, so, yeah, I, I laughed, I chuckled, and that's the word that's just been going. I, I know it's not some in-depth, crazy opinion or whatever, but I, it's just silly. You know, I are they too, not even for football, like just all around, right? Are, are they two very noticeable big college brands? Sure. Uh, you can argue that both of them have probably fell, out, fell off in the, in the brand department lately, but they're still traditional and, and historical brands in college sports. Um, all that being said, I, I do still think it's kind of ridiculous uh, for many different reasons. Uh, we're throwing, which I, this has been kind of expanding for a while yeah. when you talk about geography the geography of conferences has expanded but now we're just throwing it out the window completely um so that's not fun to me like I, th- there's no real point in, in that anymore uh well i would okay let me push back on that i think there is because sure is it worth it to pay for the football team to travel a couple times a year to play uh, say you're in Michigan and you're traveling to Southern California, right? That's like one plane trip a year where you're going to have to go to Southern California, right? right? Right. That's fine. What about all the other sports? Yeah. Like you're sending your baseball team down there. You're sending your softball team down there, volleyball teams. You're sending every other sport on a plane ride halfway across the country or in some instances all the way across the country. Yeah. Like if you're at Penn State, Dude, Rutgers plays in the Big Ten. Correct. 
Like Rutgers is going That's to USC. Literally, yeah, transcontinental. It's, it's insanity. And like you said, you think of all the different sports you have to pay for to do that. Uh, it's it's wild. I don't know if football is going to pay for all that. Like, because that's the thing, right? We talked oh, about football it ain't, but TV before. Sure is. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, true. Uh, Big Ten Network and all that good stuff. But well, Fox more so than yeah, or Disney if they come in with a even bigger offer. True. Because where I sit with this is this is just all for it's all for TV revenue. And I was talking to Kevin earlier, and I think the thing we have to get in our minds is there's no limit. Right, where you're like, okay, ESPN can only have the SEC because it only has so many channels that can broadcast. All it takes on cable is them adding another channel. Like yeah. I think 206 is the ESPN channel on DirecTV. Okay, we're going to buy up 213, 214, 215, and 216. Right? Like, yeah. that's fine. Or 206-1. So when you press guide, it's right there underneath it. That's not an issue. And the reality is what we're moving towards is there ain't a limit when it comes to streaming. So this is what all this is moving towards is your TV is just going to be one big entertainment center where you turn it on. And it's like it's like this for a lot of people, but I know there's some people listening right now that still have separation, right? Where it's, okay, I have my video games, I have my TV box, I have my radio, like I have all this separate. But then there's also people who that's all from their TV. Mm-hmm. They they do it all from their TV. They watch YouTube on their TV. They watch movies on their TV. They watch live TV. They listen to their music. They do everything off of their TV. There's no limit to the amount of games. So if ESPN and Disney wanted to and just drop some astronomical excuse me amount of money on the Big Ten, they could own the SEC and the Big Ten. Yeah. Ten, yeah. Well, I mean, what, a billion dollars? Something like that. Who cares? Nothing to them. Oh, who yeah. cares? Or in that back in a year or less. Yeah. In revenue and in people subscribing. Because if you just make it, hey, uh, if YouTube, you want to have us, uh, DirecTV, you want to have us, Comcast, you want to have us. Or if you want to come straight through ESPN to watch us, uh, it's going to be 35 bucks a month. Right. To get all your college football. So there's no limit to this. So I think we have to get that out of our minds. Because Kevin, and he's going to talk about this more, but his thought is this is moving towards like a 30 to 50 team league or like just split it in half leagues that just play each other or just play themselves and then play somebody and play the other league at the end of the year. So SEC, Big Ten, play each other at the end of the year to crown the national champ. Yeah. I don't inherently think it's going that way, and I'll tell you why. I believe that college football as a whole is still the golden goose, right? Am I saying it's healthy for the entire sport? No, but when I'm, I bear with me. When you look at college football, there are certainly teams out there that are making more money and are worth more money than other teams, right? I'm not trying to say that there's equity across college football because there's simply not. But I believe the inherent value comes from 90% are just people who want to watch their team, right? But there is a big big, big fan base that just loves college football and wants to watch the the different games every single week, wants to watch the out-of-conference stuff, uh, wants to watch what a Florida take on a Utah, Alabama taking on Texas. They want, they want to watch those different things. And so the sport of college football, I believe, is the golden goose. And if you decide, say, Greg Sankey and what Kevin Warren decide, we're going to create 20-team super leagues and we're just going to play each other, 
I think eventually it's going to erode what college football is enough that you lose a lot of your viewership. People just kind of get turned off by it. The not the crazy fans because they're going to be there, of but course. the the fans that watch it because they like what they see now. Yeah. You're going to lose those, and I think fiscally that will hurt enough to where it starts going in the opposite direction. So that's the line that these conferences are trying to watch. Walk, excuse me. So when you look at additions of more teams, Greg Sankey said this last year after Texas and Oklahoma, and I kind of take him at his word because it makes sense. He said, we're probably holding Pat because there's no other team out there that makes sense for us to grab. Mm -hmm. There is one out there, and we'll talk about them in a second. But they're saying there's... If we go grab Clemson, yeah, Clemson's a big name in football and in some other sports, but say we're paying out everybody $100 million a year right now, does Clemson add, that would have to be $1.6 billion a year in revenue? Yeah. I yeah. don't think so because you're paying out everybody. And right. to, pay, to, pay, to pay Clemson out, then that one6 gets split 17 ways instead of 16 ways. Mm-hmm. And so are they bringing in enough to make up for that gap? And right. Greg Sankey saying right now there's no one out there inside of college athletics that makes that much more money for the SEC. Big Ten went out and said, okay, are there some teams that will increase our value across the board? And apparently USC and UCLA, it's the it's the LA market yeah. that is, is why they're doing this. And sure. it's, it's huge, right? And so it makes sense. But when you're like, okay, if they're going to a Super League, uh, they they, they got to go out there and they got to get to 20. So who else do they add? There's no one like that. Yeah. What other markets are they trying to get into? New York doesn't care about college football. Right. Like, And if, if they really wanted to like, they really wanted to do anything about or even think about New York, you already have Rutgers. Maybe you go and get Syracuse. But again, it doesn't, it doesn't it's not that big yeah. of a deal. But like you said, it's, it's not that college football is not what drives New York City. So. No. And so it's very low on the, the, list. the one team I think that's out there that could kind of send things cascading is Notre Dame. Yep. <laughs> and here's what I yeah. think is going to happen. I think the ACC is going to make a heavy play, but they, they've kind of boxed themselves in with a bad contract right now. Yep. And NBC right now, I think the numbers were put out there that basically Notre Dame gets $11 million a year from the ACC just to play that kind of semi-schedule that they play against the ACC, and they're getting like $15 million a year from NBC. So they're leaving upwards of $50 million a year just leaving, hanging out there leaving it on the by table. not being yeah. in a conference. Right. It used to be they were the gold standard, right? They yeah. had their own TV network. They didn't have to be in a conference. They could go play wherever they wanted to, play these big out-of-conference games, uh, be just a media darling because they're always going to be on cable television. Right, like the Braves on Turner back in the day. They were America's team because you could always get them wherever you were watching TV. You could watch Notre Dame. Yeah. Now they've kind of been left behind. Yep. But that is still a massive name. For sure. It's one of the things that, that certainly helped them build their name, absolutely. But like you said, now the conference money and, and all that has not only caught but surpassed them. Yeah. So, like you said, now it's, it's about time. So I don't know where the Golden <laughs> Goose is because we're all skewed by our inherent biases. Of course. And so I I believe that you're getting very close to killing it right now. Right? And but I could be completely wrong. People sure. could just be like, I just want to watch Georgia play. I don't care who they're playing. 
Well, that's that's the th- that's what they have to be careful with on this though, and and where I see your point, and I'm I'm kind of with you, is it's it's all fine and dandy when you're messing with the things and changing things for the better or worse, by the way. Yeah. Off of the field, uh, like everything we've talked about in the past few years, pay, no, paying players, quote unquote, the NIL deals, all this other de- like re- recruiting, all this other stuff, that's fine. People want to, you know, talk about it, debate about it. Okay, it's off the field. So once football gets started, once it kicks off there in the last few weeks, last week of August, first week of September, everything falls away because football's back and we're watching. Once you start changing what's on the field, because you start changing conferences, you start bringing in, you you have the talks of these mega conferences and all these different changes and blah, blah, blah. You're changing what's on the field now. Yeah. And I think what you, a word you used, a term you used there would have very good to describe this was eroding. Could, with all these different moves and future possible moves, yeah. could it erode at the game and to, erode at people's interest? To a smaller degree, right? Uh, there's a, uh, I know a lot of Georgia fans listen to this program. We're talking about the SEC adding Oklahoma and Texas coming up reportedly in a couple of years. Yeah. Right. And so you add them to the conference. That's obviously going to have to change how the conference schedule is laid out. So we're talking about, okay, by then, could there be more teams that are in the Big Ten? And we're just looking at these like giant conglomerate super conferences. And so that's kind of changed. Then the SEC say they decide that they just want to play. Uh, they're they're signing that contract where they're just playing the Big Ten. Yeah. They're going to try to add four more teams. They're going to go after Florida State, Miami, uh, Clemson, and Georgia Tech. They want to add four more teams. Make it twenty kill the ACC, let them just kind of become like the the coastal conference where they can get the remnants of the Pac-12 and the ACC together and do whatever they want to do, right? But the, the SEC just collapses the ACC by stealing their four top teams, adds them in, and says, hey, our 20-team league, our 20 team league is taking on the Big Ten's 20-team league, and that's what we're going to do. And so you start playing these games where it's like, yeah, cool, Georgia's playing Northwestern now and out of conference stuff, but you've given up say you're not playing Tennessee and Auburn every year. Yeah. That's a big problem. Is that enough to just, again, you're just kind of, you're kind of rubbing. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of eroding. And it's, it's like the grand Canyon wasn't made in a day. Yeah. Right. No, for sure. But that water started trickling and now look what we got. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm afraid because there, there is so much money out there. I believe there's money for the players. There's money for TV. There's money for the schools. There's so much money out there, but all of that money, and make no mistake about this, all of that money comes from you. Right? The person listening to this right now who consumes college football, that money comes from you, from you paying to consume it, from people paying for your eyes and your ears with advertising. That money comes from somewhere, and it's you. Mm-hmm. And so if you start to get turned off and you are not interested anymore and you're not watching uh, two, three games every Saturday and turning on Thursday night college football games, you're not giving them the views that they're supposed to get. Those advertising dollars are going to start to turn off. Those TV deals are starting to become less and there's not going to be as much money there. So that's why I'm saying these guys, they get paid a whole lot of money. And I, I use gals or guys in a non like sex term. That's just <laughs> yeah, that guys is everybody. Yeah, uh, a, but yeah. To be fair, these guys and gals out there who look at these metrics and look at these numbers and do it in a very cold way because they can't care about college football and do this, do it in a cold and calculating way, I think the worry out there is 
they're just going to blow past what makes college football so special. Yep. And eventually you're going to reach the end of that graph and it's going to start coming down the other way. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to find that balance right now. And obviously adding some teams right now to some conferences, maybe doesn't seem like a big of a deal. I'm interested where we are a year from now. Yeah. I'll say like, I I don't know if you felt this way at all, but I I just started thinking of it and I'm like, I I did like playing. It was always really cool to play USC in like the Rose bowl or something like that. Even even the non-conference, I think it was like 2008 or something like that. The non-conference USC at Ohio State in the Horseshoe. Yeah, that was like that was a classic game, man. That that was great. It was fun to watch. Two traditional powerhouses, you know, blah blah blah. And now I'm like, even with this move, it's like, okay, is it going to be kind of cool the first two or three years to see USC maybe playing at at Ohio State, playing in the Big House? Yeah, playing. No, that's a good point. Stay right there. The other way. That's a good point. Okay. I want you to hold that thought, though. No problem. we got to take a break because yeah, that's going to lead us into the next point. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some more college football next right here on Second Down on ESPN Radio. All right, PJ, continuing our conversation about the future of college football and conference expansions, you were bringing up a, an interesting point in that last segment, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand the mic back over to you. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I think you actually used a, a really good um, term of it during the break. Uh, you, you you have these matchups that are a novelty, right? Like when you go on to a Rose Bowl or something like that, even in a non-conference game, you have a Penn State USC, a Michigan UCLA, a uh, USC at Ohio State back in the late 2000s. And it's it's really epic. It's really cool because you don't see it all the time. And it's two traditional powerhouses uh, that that are you know getting together and and being able to play. Now you have that every year, which sounds fantastic. Again, two traditional powers. It's it's really interesting, really cool. But I, is it is it going to be cool for twenty twenty four? Absolutely. In twenty twenty five, sure. You know, uh, seeing a Penn State playing the Coliseum, seeing a USC playing the Big House, all these different matchups that you have are are going to be really really cool. I'm just like, when do you, you, I feel like that fades away maybe. Like, I'm thinking of now just realistically, 10 10 years from now, USC and UCLA being in the Big Ten, and I'm still going to be like, that doesn't feel right. That's weird. Because it's just, it doesn't feel natural. Yeah. So it's just odd. I think what they're hoping is it's one game on your schedule out of 12, maybe soon to be 13, who knows. But it's one game on your schedule. And so maybe it won't feel like that big of a deal. It'll just be weird that it's a Big Ten game, right? right? But my thought about it is, do we care about ticket sales anymore? Because I want to make something abundantly clear. Yep. The reason why this is happening is money. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the reason why USC and UCLA are moving to the Big Ten is money. It's not for a path that's better for them to get into the college football playoff. Because <laughs> I... I guarantee you USC goes undefeated or one loss wins the Pac-12 they're in the college football playoff yep right first of all it's USC second of all Washington Correct. already proved that you yeah know, and yeah. it's and it's you you're making your path a lot more difficult I'd say by adding Ohio State Penn State Michigan State and Michigan to your schedule potentially every year yep. or Wisconsin and Iowa right like you're you just your path to the playoff just got exponentially harder after USC and UCLA you're not doing this because you want to win and I'm not trying to take shots. It's just an example. 
Georgia Southern did not move up from FCS to FBS to win more football games. Right. They moved up to make more money. Now, do you hire Clay Helton because you want to win more football games and you want to win the Sun Belt? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any thought in your mind that you're ever going to a college football playoff unless it gets expanded? No. Georgia Southern, as it sits right now, will never be a top four team in the country. You would have to go undefeated with a perfect schedule, yeah. including like games where you're going to really good top 10 opponents. Yeah. Because if you don't have that and you just have some mid-tier power five teams that you somehow go on the road and upset and you go 12-0 and 0 and win the Sun Belt, you're not going to the college football playoff. You'd, sure. be, you'd be the first team uh, as a at-large in the New Year's Six, mm-hmm. which would be fantastic for the school, but you're not winning a national championship as it currently sits. Right. Unless something True. wild happens. So you did not make the jump from FCS to FBS to win more football games. You just didn't. You did it because it's a bigger paycheck, right? Which is yeah. fine. That's, yeah, no, no, that's no one's going to argue with that. You get yeah, better for sure. facilities for your players. You get better coaches for your yeah. players. They have a better chance of going to the NFL. Uh, you get cooler matchups for your fans to see, but you're not doing this to win. Right. USC and UCLA are not doing this to win. Texas and Oklahoma are not adding Alabama, Georgia, <laughs> Florida, Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Tennessee to their schedule to win more football games. No. They're doing it because it's more money. Right. Right. There's nothing competitive about this. It's, hey, this will get more money from Disney or this will get more money from Fox. Come on over. Yeah. That's the only reason why this is happening. Now, again, I worry that it's going to kill the Golden Goose. But going back to our point at the beginning, right? The novelty. Penn State playing at USC the first time, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that's, that, that away section inside the Coliseum is going to be full of white and, do you call it blue? Yeah. Is, yeah, there, yeah. is there a special? I don't know. I don't know if there's like a special no, name like, nit- like Nittany Blue or something like that where I get punched like, up. I don't say it right. Like that. I know I'm going to make a lot of people like yeah. there's 19 different color names for maroon. Correct. It's maroon. Correct. You know who no, I'm talking about. No, it's the Crimson about. Tide. Crimson Tide. Uh, there's there's the Garnet with yeah, Florida State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all maroon. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But no, the first time Penn State goes to USC, that the, an eighth of the stadium or a quarter of the stadium even would be white and blue. Yeah. Right. For sure. 10 years from now, do you still think Penn State fans are packing out the away section of the Coliseum? Absolutely not. Because I don't think so. Yeah, I no. don't think people are spending $3,000 plus whatever the ticket costs plus hotels like to keep it relatively local. Georgia fans took over South Bend. Right. Right. Took over <laughs> Notre Dame Stadium because it was a novelty. Mm-hmm. Right. Georgia hadn't played in South Bend before. Right. And so it's Notre Dame. You're going to make that trip. You got all the tickets on the ticket black market, right? You got up there, you stole them from the Notre Dame season ticket holders because they were like, uh, yeah, yeah, this is usually like a $38 ticket, 3000 bucks in your end. Like, cool, done, done. Because I'm never going to do this again. And I think like, don't, don't undersell also the, the value of social media. And that wasn't there like, like the week before, wasn't it? It was just all about turning, yeah. Uh, South Bend Red. Yeah. Like, so, like, boom. Automa- I'm, but, I guarantee you a lot no- of people. It's the novelty of that. Yeah. You, you play that every other year or every three years. You lose it. You'll get some Georgia fans up there, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be 70% of the stadium. Heck no. Right? So, there, I do believe there is something to regional play. Right? Like, the Sun Belt, I think, has kind of done expansion correctly. Is James Madison probably the biggest school the Sun Belt could have gotten? 
No, but if you're a Georgia Southern fan, it's not ridiculous to say, hey, I'm going to drive to Old Dominion or I'm going to drive to James Madison, right? App State's kind of in the middle of all of it. It's not ridiculous to make that drive or to hop on a cheaper flight, but you're talking about Rutgers (laughs) playing at UCLA for a regular season game every couple of years, and then when they're not playing there, UCLA's playing at freaking Rutgers. Yeah, It's, it's bad. Yeah, that's it. and like you but said, so, but th- it's, that t- it's those ticket sales it. matter. It's gonna lose it. Those ticket sales matter to those schools. They do. Do you think? Do you think these teams don't care about that? Do you think they're just renovating these stadiums? Like Stanford Stadium is about to get a huge renovation. They're kicking the press out of the press box because they're turning it into suites. And I'm not complaining about that. Like Georgia Press has been spoiled for a long time because you had like. Uh, <laughs> you had seats at like the 50 yard line at Sanford Stadium on the home side and like open air. Like you've been spoiled for a long time. Not complaining about that, but they're renovating these stadiums. Why? Because they still make millions of dollars every week off of ticket sales. You're not going to sell as many tickets. Yeah. It's, it's just the truth. So, and, and whether that's a, the, the thing is that gets even worse, the worse the team plays there. Like yeah. I'll say it right now. Uh, you're already going to lose. Like, if, if you have a, a away section in the Coliseum and it's 100% filled with away fans for the first year, well, naturally, four or five years later, that's going to fall to probably to about 67% because they're going all the way across the country. Now, if you add in, oh, Penn State, all the, I, uh, sorry, I automatically default to Penn that's State. Fine. It is what it is. Penn State or, like, Rutgers or Maryland or whatever, oh, they haven't won at the Coliseum in six years or six trips, that's even more, that drops down to thirty percent because people are like, "Oh, we're gonna lose. We don't care." Yeah. Like it's so. Yeah, it's just I don't see a way in which these ticket sales. I think that's an insanely good point. Stay at a a good level when you talk about three or four years after the fact of this yeah. happening. First couple years, sure, and they're gonna put out all the graphics and all the things of like the Big Ten is of like how. All the growth and all the great things that this has done for the conference. Five years later, they're not going to put out those graphics anymore because it's going to be yours. So, uh, other than the money, other than oh, the, still be good. the TV deals yeah. and the LA market, I don't of have course to, that's going to be huge. I don't have to go anywhere to, yeah. to turn on a game in Happy Valley. I don't have to go anywhere to turn on a game in LA, right? Yep. I just sit at home and flip through it, and that's really all they care about. The schools care about putting people inside the stadiums because, exactly. again, that's millions of dollars eight times a year sometimes, seven times a year sometimes. And not only that, like, think about the interest, too. Like, you talk about ticket sales and, and stuff for the away fans. Well, how much does it change if USC normally has, like, Oregon or, you know, well, that's a premier game, or normally has, like, even Oregon State or something like that, someone from the West Coast that people have a friendly, healthy rivalry with, and they want to go to the stadium to see that game no matter what. Oh, we went to – you think they're going to fill up the stands, even the home fans, for a Rutgers game? No. 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 So, like, it's away fans and it's hey, home fans that, that lose in this. Yeah. <laughs> good, good for – I know I'm, we're hating on them a lot, but, man, it's Rutgers. Another Scarlet. Nice. Pandemonium in Pascataway was, like, 13 years ago. Is Scarlet maroon? No, Scarlet's just red. Okay. Yeah, it's just red. So is – well, I guess – I guess Ohio State uses uh, Scarlet as well. But, yeah, no, it's red. It's bright red. Whatever. Good for you. <laughs> red and gray. <laughs> That's it. We need to get our Home Depot color <laughs> matcher out. We'll let you know what colors they really are. We got more to come here on Second Down. We'll be back after this. 
Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel, alongside PJ Zuko. Hello there. Welcome back, my friend. Happy uh, to be here. Glad to have you all hanging out with us here as we send you into the weekend. Uh, PJ, we're going to get to some more college football conversations shifting away from stuff we can't control. Uh, but we yeah. do have to talk about something we can't control, which is the internet uh, and searching on it to answer questions. And so yes. we were talking about Rutgers is scarlet, right? They're the scarlet Knights. Mm-hmm. Ohio State ca- calls their red scarlet as well. Yeah. Just because they're copycats, they just copied Rutgers. Penn State <laughs> has three different blues that they use in branding. Oh, no. It's just white and blue, man. I need you to tell me the three different ones. Okay. Uh, let's guess here. Uh, yep. Mid Is it Midnight Navy? No. Uh, I know that's, that's sometimes a... Uh, I'll, I'll go with one I chose, I, I think, in the break. Uh, deep Sea Blue. No, you got to think more around the school itself. It's all about branding, baby. 2022. Around the school itself. There's not really any, like, I don't know, Lake Erie Blue. That's not even no, close to the school, to but yes, absolutely. You got Nittany Navy. Of co- why? Like, I, when you said around the school, I was like, are they really going to call it Nittany? Yeah. Nah, it wouldn't be that bad. Nittany Navy. Oh, my gosh. Pennsylvania Sky, which Come is a very on. light blue they use in branding. And, I mean, the obvious one, Beaver Blue. <laughs> Why? It's already it, it's like obvious. It's already like silly enough that the stadium's Beaver Stadium. Why are you gonna use it in branding colors? Beaver blue, baby. That's hilarious. That's the palette there at Penn State. I'm gonna start telling people that. Like, we gotta make that a thing, Penn State. Like, you know, all these all these different schools have scarlet and garn garnet. Uh, that was weird to say. Um, crimson, cream, whatever. If I ever go to a game again, I'm going to be like, let's go Beaver Blue. No, 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 no. It's the Nittany Navy that y'all wear during games. Oh. I don't want it. That's not as good. Fine. I'll go Nittany Navy. People are, I'm going to say, let's go Nittany, and people are going to be like, hey, he's going to say Nittany Lions, and I'm going to say Blue. Let's go Nittany Na- Navy. I, I'm already messing it up because it's that bad, Christian. That's terrible. Oh, well, I mean, Georgia's isn't much better. Uh... Do they have a... It's it's red, black, and white, but you have to name it yourself, right? So you have Bulldog Red. Okay. That's Chapel Bell White, because you ring the Chapel (sighs) Bell after Whatever. The child is painted white. Sure. Uh, And then Arch Black, which I wonder (laughs) if they named that Arch Black to try to go after Arch Manning, and it just didn't work out. So (laughs) now they're like, no, 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 it's about the Arch on the campus. Really, like, what's funny about the Penn State one is they tried really hard with the alliteration, too. The Nittany Navy yeah. and the Beaver Blue. They really did. Whatever. They did <laughs> but uh, that is, that is kind of, at least those kind of make sense. I don't know. I'm, was I, didn't, it, I didn't want to stay here on, on color on this, but let's, we can talk about this more next week, but it's a thought I had as I was getting ready for the show today. Well, it's Friday, if, isn't if it? I, so there's a common thing inside of sports where, you hear about something so much that you start to hate it. Yeah. And I don't mean like hate it like like you're like, oh, I hate this. It's just like your your mind rejects it eventually. Yep. And that's the thing you want to avoid is being the quote-unquote favorite, right? So if you're the MVP favorite in the NFL, you're not going to win the MVP. Yeah. And I think that translates to college football as well, which is if you're the Heisman favorite, you're probably not going to win the Heisman, not because you don't deserve to, but because people get so sick about hearing about you being the Heisman favorite. They want something new. Like, you don't yeah. want to st- 
people to start talking about you until like week six. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, that guy. See, that that's that's the guy right there that I want. <laughs> so my question to you is this. Yeah. Bryce Young, odds on favorite to win the Heisman Trophy again. Because why wouldn't he be? Yeah. Right? My question to you is this. If I eliminate him because of that, who becomes your favorite to win the Heisman Trophy? Just top See, of mind. I'm going to... I'm going to say someone else because if I said this, I feel like I'd be stealing from you, and I don't want to do no, that. Say it. No, I don't want to do that. Say I'm not going to do it. I know who you're talking about. I'm not going to do it. Say it. <laughs> no, it's a. I'll put up. I'll throw up. Stroud, C.J. Stroud. Okay. Ohio State, because I think that offense is going to be unstoppable. I don't see anyone in the Big Ten who's going to try and stop it, and I think maybe that that might rob him of his. Of his Heisman moment, unless maybe he has his Heisman moment like in the Big Ten championship game. Although I don't know if they, they might vote before that. So that might rob him of his uh, Heisman moment. But uh, you can go ahead and say the, the guy that I didn't want to steal from you. So I think you were referring to Will Anderson. Yes. Uh, and I think he's certainly up there. Because, I wish he would be. Like I, I. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson was in New York last year. I believe finished second in the Heisman Trophy voting. Yeah. And for whatever reason, and Will Anderson's stats were significantly better than Anderson's, <laughs> like significantly better, almost double the amount of tackles for losses for guys who played the same position. I tried right? to argue that for like two days, and then I just couldn't yeah. even so try anymore because it's just true. I think Will Anderson is going to benefit from people like us because I'm not the only one who has this thought, but I think he's going to benefit from people like us where it's. You don't want to be the favorite, but you also don't want to be having no one talk about you because that's what happened to Will Anderson last year. He was just another Alabama defensive lineman who's having a great year. Yeah, I think if pe- people continue to talk about him and then he produces, I think he's going to be in New York. But the guy, if you don't want to say C.J. Stroud because he's the odds-on favorite at plus 200, Bryce Young is plus 350. Uh, really? And, yeah, Caleb Williams, Bajon Robinson, uh, DJ Hughes up there as well. I think the guy you got to watch out for is the guy who went for like a billion yards in the Rose Bowl last year. Yep. Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's got an awesome name. I mean, Jackson with an X. Yeah. Has an awesome name. And he just lost two NFL wide receivers that were playing with him. Not in front of him, but were playing like with him. Because <laughs> yeah. Alabama, or Alabama, Ohio State puts out a lot of wide receivers yeah. when they play. It's crazy. He's going to be playing next to Marvin Harrison third, the third, but he's going to be the go to wide receiver. I think he like potentially could get close to like two thousand yards receiving. Very true. I I think he could too. Like I yeah. said, I think that offense is going to go insane. Uh, something that would be insane, but I I get Caleb Williams. I get all these other people. I think it could very well be a four person Heisman finalist type of year, and I think you could see two guys from Alabama up there and two guys from Ohio State yeah. and forget everybody else. And like, honestly, I, I think that's a very good possibility. I think there's a distinct possibility that. Ohio State's running games just so good that they don't really need to throw that much because Travion Henderson is um is a dude yeah and he's like I, I I say this with all the respect and all the admiration for the guy I'm comparing him to in the world he reminds me of Nick Chubb yeah but faster right which is horrifying yeah and that's the problem with him too is you think of all the running backs that have come out of Ohio State in the past few years. I think he's probably the most well-rounded yeah. running back of those he's, guys. He's, he's real, real, real good. Uh, currently, he's at plus 4,000, the same as Will Anderson, Spencer Rattler, Kadon Slovis, and Anthony Richardson. Uh, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back get you ready for 3 and Out next right here on ESPN Radio. PJ, quickly, before we go over to 3 and Out, 
What was the best thing you ate on vacation? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> it's really hard to describe. It th- Basically, one of the first places we went was a cafe, and they gave me a bowl that had rice and noodles in it and, like, eight different kinds of meats. There was uh, Korean chicken. Uh, there was tuna, like, like seared tuna. Uh, okay. There was fried spam and fried chicken in there. Oh, yeah, fried uh, spam. There Stable. was some... There was some other kind of sushi in there as well, and it mixed it up with some, mixed it up with some sauce, and it was the bowl was like I'll show you a picture during the break. The yeah. bowl was like this tall, and this wide. Like so you, went not about, you went about eight inches tall and about fourteen inches wide. It was ridiculous. It's a large plate. Uh, three and out coming up next. Me, PJ, and Ben will be hanging out. Kevin will be joining us shortly. He's dealing with some, you know, boss stuff. Big time things. Boss stuff. Yep. But me, Ben, and PJ will be back after the break. Uh, if you miss any portion of this show, check it out on ESPCoastal.com.